0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to NMP Talk Show, the show that keeps you informed and engaged with topics about health, uh, mental health, wellness. And today I want to welcome my two co-hosts, Figi Nkosi and also Tresa Feld. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you, Nevo. <laughs> yes. So, Figile, um, any uh, house rules today?
1: house rules today we as we are live <laughs> tonight on riverside fm as always uh, we live on tiktok we are live on youtube um, at nmp talk show and we're live on telegram so um you can get our, our recorded show on april podcast and spotify but to those who are watching on riverside um, fm you can type your questions on the chat box will be able to actually read them through for uh, for our guest speaker tonight and if you are on TikTok and YouTube you can type your question or comment on the comment section and if you are on Telegram you can use the raise hand feature and we will invite you to pose your question to our or, or a comment to our guest
0: awesome thank you for that um uh, so today we're talking about burnout you know many people many people find it hard to deal with it Uh, and especially uh, in the beginning of the year where they don't think uh, you can have burnout, you know, they Mm are suffering uh, from burnout already. So we have invited and expecting that to to (laughs) help us deal with burnout and her name is Raewyn Guerrero. I got that right, hey (laughs) Raewyn?
2: Yeah, you totally got it right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks Mm. for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So Rewin is a corporate wellness consultant among the most. Uh, she wears so many epaulets, And uh, we I just, you know, handpicked the corporate wellness consultant uh, epilate. <laughs> Hopefully that uh, will go with the show. And she'll be happy to discuss this topic with us, how to deal with burnout. So Rewin, just tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, um, I think it would be good for everyone to get a little background. So yeah, I started off in corporate well being professionally. Uh, I worked at a a London bank, a global bank um, in the UK for many years for about 10 years. And I led a well-being program while there. And um, what was ironic about it is that I thought I was doing all the right things, um, you know, being in HR, but I ended up burning out. So um, mm. what ended up happening to me was that I had my Damascus moment, as you, as you probably are familiar with that term. Like I had a come to Jesus moment where I was, I couldn't get out of bed. It took me like two hours to get out of bed. My gut was a mess. I had terrible IBS, um, awful anxiety and panic attacks, migraines, eczema crazy hormones and everything was just not working my body was in a state of chaos and I went to various doctors specialists you know I call them the ologists I saw all of them I saw the endocrinologist gynecologists, psychologists all these different ologists and and gastroenterologists that was probably the first one that I started off because it, the gut thing was probably the first thing that that kicked off right I couldn't understand. She told me, she said, there's nothing structurally wrong with me. She just looked at me and it was very, very disempowering. Let me just say like for someone to say, well, you must be making this up because I can't find anything on your scans that says that there's anything wrong with you. And even though there was nothing structurally wrong with me, functionally, many things were wrong. And that's what I found out about later on when I started delving into the world of functional medicine, because I knew that you know, listening to that and feeling very lost and hopeless based off of her prognosis or diagnosis, I'm like, that can't be right. Like, I, you know, she said I was super. She's like, you must be really stressed. That's why your gut's re- responding in this way. And That was kind of like my first clue into the fact that there is this connection between the gut and the brain. And I was like, well, why would my stress be impacting my gut? And weirdly, or serendipitously, like, I don't know if you believe in God, I was like, I got directed. I, I was hosting this seminar at work because I was running this wellbeing program at the time. And I brought in this functional nutritionist and she was here to talk about children's health. And she started going into like all the side effects of what can happen after you wipe out your good ba- bacteria, if you've been on antibiotics and what could happen to your kids. And it was like all the symptoms that I had. And I was like, wait a minute what is going on here like everything that she's just listed off because of being on antibiotics and i had been on multiple courses of antibiotics growing up and then also moving to england where there is very little sun i grew up in a hot country and i was living in england for about 20 years and mm-hmm. I wasn't getting enough vitamin D, my immunity was shot, I was sick all the time. So they just used to give me loads of antibiotics. So when she started listing off all this stuff about the fact that antibiotics can destroy your gut microbiome, like one course can destroy your gut microbiome for up to a year, and that 80% of your immunity is actually in your gut, I'm like, Okay, this makes sense. Now. That's why I have no immune system. That's why every time the the slightest cold or flu goes by, or if I slightly get cold, or there's a temperature change, I start feeling really unwell. So it made a lot of sense to me that, you know, like, okay, I have wiped out my gut bugs. It is leading to my anxiety. It's leading to my hormones being kind of crazy as well because a lot of our thyroid hormone converted in the liver and the gut. And if the gut isn't working well, then the liver is not going to work well. So I was like, wow. So it just really opened up my eyes to the fact that the body is a system. It's like a car. Like you have to have all the parts working. And unfortunately, um, the body is, it's not like a car in this way. Like in a car, if something breaks down and you could swap out a part, you can't do that with a body, right? So you have to make sure that you're taking really, really good care of it and that everything's functioning perfectly and and working in tune and in harmony with, with, with all its different parts. So for me that was my big wake up call. And it led me down that path of like, looking at how I was fueling myself, if there was any, because that was it. I was like, I was not eating well, um, I thought I was, I was eating low. I was doing what doctors told me to do what traditional mainstream media will tell you to do, like eat low fat, cut out salt, um, you know, have more carbs on your plate. Like, if you look at the traditional food pyramid, it's all like, have potatoes and rice and pasta. And that's like, they tell you, that's like your foundation. And then it's like, minimize fat, minimize meat. And I'm kind of like, I was eating like that. I was actually a vegetarian and that was not working for me. So I actually switched it up. I went paleo. I started eating like a paleo based diet. I still couldn't do dairy because I'm actually intolerant to dairy, but started having, you know, more animal protein, um, avoided, you know i ate a lot of vegetables but i was eating more animal protein and that started making a difference like that first month of me eating that way my periods like i had, had horrendous like hormonal problems every month and i remember that was the first month in about 15 to 20 years that i did not have pain and i wasn't lying in bed with a migraine um, and I see that repeated over and over now for my clients, like when I've got people saying like, oh, I have to lie in a dark room for four days, because I have a migraine. The minute we switch up their food, the migraines, the inflammation basically goes away. Because what is happening is that when you eat foods that create this burden, this toxic burden on the body, that's slowing down the gut, slowing down the liver, you know, gunking up things like the kidneys and the gallbladder, like that entire detox, you've got your gut, your liver, your kidneys, your gallbladder, those all work in harmony with each other. And if One of them's out of whack, they're all going to be out of whack. And it usually starts, unfortunately, usually starts with the gut. And that is because of the things that you're putting into your mouth. So that was my first sort of foray into like, wait, what I can eat actually has an impact on my energy and on my cells. And it's not just about me willing my way through a situation because, you know, very often what I see this is one of the myths that I would love to debunk through this conversation. People think that burnout is all about resilience and mindset. And I'm actually writing a blog right now about exactly that, that you can't just kumbaya your way out of something. Because I tried, like I, I was trained as a hypnotherapist. So when that lady, that gastroenterologist had said to me like, oh, this must be in your head. I'm like, listen, lady, I meditate every day. I pray. I talk to God. Like you know, this, this is something, so there are psychological stressors, for sure. But there are also biochemical stressors, there's stuff going on with your biology with your cells that need to be addressed. And yes, your mind can have an impact on, on it to some degree. But if you are, you know, if you've got a weak link, and that meaning, like, for me, I wiped out my gut bacteria, like completely wiped it out, because I've taken so many drugs. So, I need to. I needed to fix that. Like I couldn't will my way and be like, okay, gut bacteria grow back. You know, I, I, you can't do that. You got to do certain things to help it. So mm-hmm. I want people to understand that. Yes. We can pray, we can meditate, we can practice gratitude, we can visualize, we can do breath work, and those things are great, but they have to work in tandem with some of the other things, and getting your diet and your nutrition right is the is one of the big foundations. So I use a system called Dress. It's called Diet, Rest, Exercise, Stress Reduction, and Supplements. So I get people to dress for health success and life success um, because... It's it's everything. Like you can't just focus on one thing. You've got to work on the entire. Like I was just saying, like the car has got to be fixed on all levels, not just the tires. But you got to look at the carburetor. You got to look at the oil. You got to look at all the things. I hope that um, this is a really long-winded answer. <laughs> so sorry. No, you don't have
3: to. <laughs> no, that, that was actually a very good answer. That, mm. that that really was, you know, with speaking about... I saw you yeah. nodding your head, so yeah.
2: Like a lot of it was resonating with you. You're like, yes, this makes said, sense, right?
3: right? Migraines,
2: <laughs> bad gut.
3: Sure. Uh, the back, I mean, mm-hmm. the antibiotics, yes, it, it, mm-hmm. it, does, it does. And
2: antibiotics aren't the only thing, you know, like I, I don't think people realize like non-steroidal anti inflamms, um, ibuprofen, tylenol, tylenol, Tylenol is extremely da- damaging to the liver. And in England, you know, we used to, it's, it's paracetamol. Mm-hmm. That's what everybody would use. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. Very damaging to, to the liver. And when people were, and, and it doesn't necessarily show up when you go to a doctor mm-hmm. as like you have liver damage initially, right? Like it doesn't show up as that it, mm-hmm. because the, the, the doctor's lab ranges, and this is also something that's one of the next myths that I want to debunk today. It's like, just because you get a response of like oh everything looks normal doesn't mean everything is if you have got symptoms And those symptoms aren't only gut symptoms. They're like, you know, if you're tired after you eat, if you can't keep your eyes open or if you the opposite happens, if like you're tired but wired, like you're trying to go to bed and you can't and you're waking up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. consistently, which I know is Mm -hmm. such a it's a, a real common problem in the West. Like people have got issues with this more and more now. And a lot of it is down to the fact that our phones are creating a problem for us right the smartphones the blue light it's disrupting our circadian rhythms it's disrupting the production of our sleep hormones our melatonin and when those things happen that's actually a stress even if it's not a psychological stress that is a physical stress you know i was saying like we've got psychological stress we have biochemical stress and we've got that kind of environmental stress right that that stress that's cre- on the body. So we're not living in tandem with our natural cycles. We're being ex- we're sitting under lots of of bright artificial blue light. We're watching TV at night. We're scrolling on our tablets. We're on our iPhones or our smartphones or whatever. And that's creating a disruption to our our circadian rhythms and to our hormones. And it's stopping us from getting the type of deep sleep that we need to recuperate, to regenerate. And all of this cumulatively leads to this picture of what we call burnout. And so that's why I was saying like, you can't just kumbaya your way out of it. You can't just think positive. You can't just write a gratitude list. You've got to look at, well, how am I actually living? Because I've lived myself into this situation right i have lived myself into it But that's the good news is you can actually live yourself out of it and you know it's harder i would say it's harder now in 2023 than it was in 2012 or 2013 to live out of it because the rate of the the, the pace at which we're living right now has accelerated and covid has a lot of, to do with it because everybody went online mm-hmm right? And we became, we became much more sedentary, you know, gyms closed, all that kind of stuff, everybody's Mm -hmm. sitting, they're inside, they're isolated, they're under these lights, their whole lives became virtual, as opposed to actually connecting with people in real life, going outside, getting sunlight, you know, some of the most basic things that you can do to reset your nervous system and to get your body back into a place where it starts to do its job is to get outside, get daylight, like when the sun comes up. You know, within 30 minutes of the sun coming up or the 30 minutes of you waking up, get out there, get some light hitting your eyes, because that helps with the production of melatonin for later in the day when you need it, when you need that restorative sleep. So we, the fact that we're on all the time with our smart devices and we're scrolling and we're not going to bed at a certain time and we've got artificial light that keeps us up later, humans have become, we're a 24 hour mm-hmm. An organism even though we're really not like we've become that but our bodies haven't evolved to the to point where they can actually cope with that and that's something that people need to remember like we're not robots we're not ai <laughs> um even though i'm sure some people would love us to yeah. be that um but we we're not <laughs> you know <laughs> mm-hmm. uh-huh. say that again i didn't hear that say that again
0: and make money out of it Yes. Yeah right exactly
2: because if if we are 24 hour beings then yeah of course money the money making never stops the marketing mm-hmm. never stops you're constantly buying constantly consuming but the fact is we actually need rest and i i've moved to america recently and in england um you know sundays were they'd have sunday hours from 12 until 5 uh in america everything's open from like 8 a.m until and i oh, i get really <laughs> agitated but i'm like do they not know that like we need to have like People don't need to shop constantly. Okay. We don't need to be on constantly. And, you know, I grew up on a small Caribbean island and Sundays were pretty sacred. Everybody went mm-hmm. to church, you know, like it's a real, was into Jesus and we all okay. went to church on Sundays and it's family time. And if, if a shop was open, it was open from like nine until 12. So you could get stuff to make your Sunday mm-hmm. lunch. And then that was it from 12 o'clock onward. You had not seen anyone until the next day. Um, you know, until Monday. And this 24 hour society thing, like it, I don't think people realize like how much it's impacting our biology and then how much that's impacting our psychology. Because I don't know if you've heard this expression, Thomas Edison said, he said, the chief function of the body is to carry the brain around. Now, if the body is burning out because you are like constantly on, like, how is your brain going to function? So that's where the whole burnout piece comes in. That's how the mental health piece comes in, because if the body is exhausted, Mm -hmm. if it is constantly and even though we don't think the phones are really a thing to attack us, but you're your body hasn't entered it doesn't know the difference between a psychological stress and that that biochemical environmental stress it doesn't know the difference between because when the phone alerts come in or when the tablet or the blue light or whatever it's it's ramping up cortisol production which is stress hormone production so it doesn't differentiate the two so even though you might be saying hey i'm not actually stressed you don't feel stressed. Your body's going to be telling you a different story, and I, that's what I love to do with my lab work. I I get to show people that, particularly people who say, "Well, but I'm not stressed," and then I'm I can say, "Look, your cortisol, your cortisol levels they they're either like super elevated, or they've gotten to the point where they're flatlining, where they're burning out because they've been on all the time, all the time, and then we're starting to pull from other resources and using when when we're producing cortisol, the body's actually breaking down. So it, cortisol gives us quick energy. It helps us respond to things quickly. We've heard of fight or flight. So so it basically stops things like digestion. It elevates heart rate. It elevates blood pressure, right? Adrenaline and cortisol, these two stress hormones. Now, if you use up too much of your cortisol, what ends up happening is that you start just drawing on adrenaline all the time and it starts breaking the body down. And that's why people who are under a lot of stress, particularly women, they start having problems with their hormones because in, what what ends up happening is that you start borrowing from all these other resources in the body you start using them up so it's like you're you're use, you've used up your gas tank and now you're going into your reserve tank right and that's when we start seeing trouble happen and that can happen because of poor food choices um food sensitivities Taking medications that don't agree with you, or taking them for too long, because very often, you know, sometimes you go to a doctor who says, "Oh, take this," and you're like, "Well, how long do I take it for?" Like, and there is like, "Well, you probably have to take it for you know, like omeprazole and these lenzoprazole. Take that for the rest of your life," or, "I'm like, well, these things are not designed for long term," and that's another thing that I want to make sure that everybody understands. Like, medication yeah. is before is for short term use. Be, mm-hmm.
0: be, before we get there, um, the um a lot you you reference a lot on on stress mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um here's a question then uh, what's the difference between burnout and just general mm-hmm. stress because you said you said now um your patients would come to you and say i'm not stressed i'm not stressed but only to find they actually burn out but now um for a mere man like me um how do i recognize that i'm i have reached burnout or I'm stressed, it's just general stress. And, and I'm asking this question, you know, for the benefit of, of those that, you know, um, would be going through that, but they mm-hmm. don't know.
2: Okay. I, I think that's a really great question. Um, and it is something that I think most people who are in burnout don't realize that they are. They might be feeling tired. Right. Like, so remember, I was saying, like feeling looking at certain things, like if you're tired by 7 p.m. or you feel like you can't keep your eyes open or if you're getting really tired mid afternoon, that's also a clue. Right. So and you have to look at when your energy levels Now, the idea of the circadian rhythm. So we're diurnal beings. So we re- respond to light in the morning. our Our energy levels should be really at their highest. And then toward the end of the day, they taper mm-hmm. off. Right. That's just natural cycle of things for humans. Um, if you notice that at like around 12 or one or about two o'clock that you find like it's really hard for you to keep going like you feel like you could be going to bed like you're having a response where you sh- it should be happening like later in the day like a 9 p.m type of response that's a clue that's a clue that there's some circadian rhythm dysregulation and that's a clue that burnout is happening now stress now okay so let's talk about stress actually so stress The body, remember I was talking about fight or flight, we're designed to experience stressors, but only in short amounts. So if you're going through stress every single day, unrelentingly, and when I say the psychological stress, when I say stress, I also mean the psychological, the stuff from the phones. And this is why I'm saying everybody's in this constant state of stress and they're all on on track for burnout Mm -hmm. because with stress, your, your body's like a rubber band in this case, right? So you're designed to be stretched and then you're supposed to have periods of recovery, right? So the periods of recovery was like when you release the rubber band and it goes back and it maintains its elasticity. And that's what your body's supposed to do. So we're supposed to have these short, sharp bursts of stress. So if you think back to caveman times, um, if a saber toothed tiger was chasing you, right? You would run away from it and then you'd have a moment to chill out and recover. And then you'd be able, so your cortisol would elevate and then it would drop off and then you'd recover, right? what's happening. So that's, that's what normal stress looks like. And that's actually good. We call it eustress. It's good stress. Like your body needs a little bit of that just to be able to function. It's kind of like your immune system needs to be exposed to bugs just a little bit in order to be able to function. Right. You can't live like, you know, um, completely stress-free because then you wouldn't be able, you're not able to cope with anything. So a little bit of stress, it's like your muscles, you go to the gym and you work out and you stress out your muscles a little bit just for them to be able to grow and then you rest you give you have a rest day so it's the exact same thing with with psychological stress biochemical stress the problem is because we're not just experiencing psychological stress And because we're experiencing all this environmental stuff, the EMFs, the Wi-Fi, the constant notifications from the phones, constant meetings going from one thing to the next, back to back to back, and we don't have any periods of recovery. And then our sleep is now being hampered because we're staying up later watching Netflix or whatever or scrolling on on TikTok or whatever that's when we are heading into that state of burnout because we're not giving ourselves a chance to recover so stress stress is good for you if you have a chance to recover and if you build in time throughout your day to recover so someone like you if you're looking at your calendar and you're like man i'm just going from one thing to the next thing to the next thing not even breathing properly i get home and it's like i sit in front of the blue light all night um, I'm not going to bed at 10 or 9.30 or whatever. These are signs, or that if you try to, after you've been on front of the TV or you've had the overhead lights on and you've been trying to go to bed at a certain time and you're not able to, that's when you're you're kind of headed down the, the trajectory of burnout. Now, if you are somebody who gets home and you're passing out at 7 pm that's also another sign like if you got zero energy at seven o'clock in the evening that's also a clue that you're on tr- track to burn out. and that's not normal stress mm-hmm. right um so so that's those are some signs like energy levels are definitely one of your biggest clues to the fact that your body might be tanking and if you think about it that's what that's the currency that we trade in like how much energy have you got normal stress some people buzz off of it. And sometimes there's a, there's a phase that we can live through where, um, you know, we actually are kind of wired and you're like, I can do anything. Like I feel like Superman because your cortisol being pumped out so much to deal with the demands of what's going on. But eventually what happens is that you pump it out so much until there's like no more. And that's when you sort of flatline, you're like, I can't get out of bed. It takes me two hours to get going. I can't go to bed because I'm like wired and everything's sort of like in chaos. So you know, daily stressors, they can be, they can be remediated by building in periods of recovery. Uh, So, you know, you were asking like, well, what's a normal, what's normal stress? Like, I don't know if your kid doesn't do something that you want them to do, your husband or your partner or whoever is irritating you, you can get kind of stressed about that, but then you get over it. You go on you, you go and chill out, you, you you meditate, you relax, you go for a walk, you do something else that can get you back into a state of balance and bring down those levels of, of, uh, of cortisol. And these are all chemicals that can be tested, by the way. So you can very easily see what's going on in the body, even if people, t- even if doctors will tell you, no, you can't, like you actually can. There's certain things you can use. Like, I, I don't know if you guys can see this. I wear an aura ring So it tells me about my heart rate variability. It tells me about my sleep quality as well. So it looks at my deep sleep, my Mm -hmm. REM sleep. It looks at my light sleep. It tells me my respiratory rate. So ideally someone who is not in a totally stressed out state will have a lower respiratory rate. So, um, I think the ideal is sort of like 12 breaths per minute, um, But if you have like, if you're sort of like in that 13 to 14, they're like, okay, you're kind of hyperventilating. So it tells you all of these things. So you've got biofeedback devices, wearable tech that can actually help it just in addition to blood work and all that other stuff that you can do. You can actually wear things that will tell you like, are you, is your heart rate variability okay? Is your body in a healing phase or is it in the the fight or flight? Is it in rest and digest or is it in fight or flight? And sleeping is one of the best ways to figure some of this stuff out. And this also looks at when you're meditating too. So I can tell sometimes my heart rate variability gets way higher when I'm meditating for 15 minutes than it does all night while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. So there's some cool things about wearable tech that, yes, technology... Probably not so great all the time, but we can use it for good to help us understand more about how our own individual bodies okay. are functioning. Mm.
0: Yeah. So, Does that answer so your question? Not, yeah, you have. Um, we, we're not promoting uh, any tech here, but um, yes. I use Apple Watch. <laughs> uh, to, to yes, exactly. So. Yeah. We're not and,
1: watching, um, yeah um,
0: people Apple use iPhone. devices.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: For those that just join us, um, we're talking about burnout, how we can deal with it and how we can identify it. So if you're on uh, Telegram, you can raise your hand if you have any questions for uh, our guest there. And we recognize that we do have our, our, a doctor in, in our midst there. Um, if you have any comments that you want to share as well, Dr. Riz, you're more than welcome to do so. We also have um, our social worker, Mamchaimi. Um, you're also welcome to do that in our regulars, um, Hilda and, and Komoto. So if you do have any questions, also on Riverside, uh, use a chat box to ask the question or to comment, and then we can relay those to uh, our guests. So, so ladies, do you have anything to is, ask? There
1: is a um, question actually from my the side. One. they saying, so um, now they're taking it to the high pressures at the workplace. So they're asking as to how one can manage stress and prevent burnout in a high-pressure work environment.
2: hear me? Yes. So good question because, you know, I, I was in that high-pressured work environment and a lot of my job was like, well, how do we make sure that people are eating the right foods? So nourishing yourself is one of the first ways that you can start doing that all right, the right kind of fuel is going to give you energy, it's going to give your body the chance to be more resilient. So like I said, you can't just think your way through all of this. Um, Your leadership has to be on board with this, you know, and this was the thing that I bumped up against big time, um, where, you know, working in a bank, people, they don't, tend to acknowledge biology you know we were saying like i think they want people to be robots right um leadership has to understand that that humans need things like bathroom breaks they need time with their children time with their family you know like going out for drinks after work or company dinners every night or like how is that helping you recover after you've been working 10 hours a day right so getting people home on time multiple times a week, and people to take their breaks, you know, in, in my old job contract, I remember there was, we were supposed to have a 15 minute break in the morning, a 15 minute break in the afternoon and a one hour break in the middle of the day. No one ever did that. Not one person I know ever did that myself included right so it's in your contract but your job your your, your manager is it's looking lovely. over your shoulder the whole time to see where are you what are you doing why are you in the bathroom so long what's going on you know so your leadership needs to be bought into this because you can try to, to change things from the ground up but really what you want is for people to understand that humans are humans and that they they require things like reg you know if you've heard of the pomodoro Technique. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. This is something that I use with my clients where you work for 90 minutes, then you have a break for 15 minutes. So you basically, you, you, um, you work in uh, in chunks of time, right? And that's probably one of the easiest ways for you to, to, to protect yourself. Um, and it might not, you, you can alter this as well. Like you might work for an hour and then have like a 15 minute break or a five minute break. Getting sunlight is one of the easiest ways to prevent burnout. So if you're working in an office all day under artificial light, when, um you know, back in the day, I remember I used to try and take walking meetings with people, just tell them like, come outside with me, let's go for a walking meeting, right? Mm-hmm. So building in movement, light into your day, um, two really easy ways to, to really protect yourself, um, the right foods, really, really important getting adequate hydration this is one that i think is often overlooked people don't really pay attention to this but as much as little as um a two percent drop in hydration can lead to to, to severe cognitive issues like you're not able to focus and function properly so drinking water filtered water by the way too and don't just drink any old water um because tap water can be laden with chemicals and stuff that can really hurt you so filter your water buy bottled water i mean i'm not in a fan of plastic but if you have no other choice you know and you choose you want to look after your body like please like you know get bottled water if you, if you don't have access to, to filtered water so water sunlight movement um, walking meetings getting management on board petitioning for them to be on board as well like that's also another thing i know it's harder for people who work in call centers my mom worked in a call center and it was very hard for her to take breaks they were not allowed to walk away from their desks they were timed on their breaks like Mm -hmm. it was kind of insane and completely just so inhuman in so many ways right like you're you're not that's not how people are meant to live and then you're there from like you know, eight in the morning till six in the in the evening, um, she'd have like a half hour for lunch, which I remember was very, very stressful for her because you you have just about enough time to put your food in a microwave or go out and pick something up and heat it, inhale it. So that's another way, not just what you eat, how you eat is going to be so important, too. So there's so many facets to this that it's not, you know, it's like you can eat the right things. But if you're not if you're not actually digesting the right things because you're in such a stressed out t- state, you remember what I was saying when cortisol ramps up, your blood pressure goes up, your heart rate goes up, your respiratory rate goes up, your digestion slows down. You're not, you're, you don't, you you do not you do not break your food down when you're in a stressed out state. That's why we say there's fight or flight, and then there's rest and digest. When you're in a relaxed state, you can actually digest your food, you can actually break it down, you can, you can extract all the nutrients that you need from it. But if you are in that Ramped up, stressed out state, and you're eating at your desk. Don't eat at your desk. That's one of the easiest way. Simple, simple tool. So eat outside, walk outside, have meetings outside, if if you can. Like if they're one to ones, I imagine a group would probably be trickier. But these are some simple ways to get light into your day because light can really help regulate your nervous system. Nature can help regulate your nervous system if there's a park nearby spend time with people that you love, make sure that you've got that balance, right? I get people to do this alignment exercise for people who tell me, oh, but I really love my family. And then we get them to look at, oh, how much time are you actually spending with them, right? Like if you're spending, you know, more and more time, if you're spending like one day, like my dad worked ridiculous hours and I only used to see him on weekends, right? So he was saying, "Oh, I love my family, and everything he did was for us, but he never saw us." So I kind of grew up a lot of the time without him being around. Um, and you know, if you, if I want people to understand, like if you say that, "Oh, I love being with them, I love hanging out with them," but you're not actually doing that, and your time is being spent with your obligations, which is work or whatever else. For him, it was work and church. He was he was a song leader, worship leader, so he was always in church and practicing and whatever. And then he became a pastor, so we never saw him. So <laughs> if you If you are, you know, if you are realizing that your obligations are outweighing your pleasurable pursuits and the things that light you up and fill you up and give you joy and give you and that actually give you energy, then you have to make some changes. Right. So that alignment exercises are a really cool thing. And I I'd actually want to share that with your listeners if they're open to it. Like I have. I have something that they can download and that they will be able to actually sit down and work out like, what is it that I say I value? And then where is it that I'm actually spending my time? Mm -hmm. And you can Mm -hmm. marry that up and see, like, does this actually work? Is this actually working out? Am I actually living in balance? Am I spending more and more time doing things that I don't love? and things that I have to do rather than things that I love and that I want to do. And I I'm guilty of this. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of setting up a practice in San Diego. So I moved to California for love to spend time with my husband, to be outside in in nature. And this first year I spent so much time at my desk. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm not going outside. I I try and do it every morning, but there's some mornings if it's gray, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I'm not going outside. It's gray. It's kind of cold. It's misty. Have we
0: lost? Yeah. Yeah, you froze. Hello? (laughs) Oh, there you go. Okay.
2: You guys are free. I can see you guys
3: freezing. Can you see me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, we had lost you for a minute. I really appreciate what you were saying uh, because I work for the county of Los Angeles. And I noticed, especially during COVID, even before that, but even more so during COVID, we work from home and just we stayed in the house constantly. My, my supervisor wasn't, he's, you know, very uh, generous with time. We can get up and move around like we we should. Mm-hmm. We can take our breaks, but none of us ever took our breaks because we're working from home and we had so much work and You know, the county pals work on top of you. We had so much to get done that everyone, Felt guilty about getting up and taking a break because it's going to put you further behind than what you already are. Mm. So taking the fifteen minute break, you're right. None mm. of even when we was in the office, none of us ever took our fifteen minute breaks. We took our lunch. But we didn't do a fifteen-minute break, and we we had an hour for lunch. Mm-hmm. We barely even took the hour. We would get our food, rush and eat it, rush back to mm-hmm. work, and it, it was it's just crazy. And even the same thing with my supervisor now. He's got a, he's gotten a promotion, and it's worse for him now with all of the work that he has stacked on top of him. Uh, he's actually just listening to him complain about the work and stressing out. He's actually on the path for burnout. He's he, if he's not burnt out already. And it, it's just crazy because none of us ate nutritionally at all. We just ate what we found, um, and and just you know just enough to get it in a, get in our system to get some energy so that we can continue to work on the problems that we had for that day that spilled over into the next day. So um, yeah, I, I appreciate what you're saying. So another a question and and line with that is how do you help the workers? to get past their own guilt of, um, wanting, we want to do good work. We want to be good employees. We, we want our work to stand out, but how do we get past that of, um, just, you know, of of taking our breaks and knowing that hopefully it'll be okay with our work, knowing that it's going to pile up on us. So how do we get past that? The guilt rather. Well,
2: well, one thing, like, have you ever heard that expression? You can't pour from an empty cup. Uh-huh. You ever heard that expression? Right. So now if you are burnt out and exhausted and, and things are, and the thing is, things are piling up because your perception of it is that, oh my God, like. This is a mountain that I've got to climb and I'm going to have to plow through. So changing your perception is going to be one major thing. Like, actually, if I take my break, I'm going to come back to this with fresh eyes. I'm going to have renewed energy. I'm probably going to get through it a lot easier and quicker than if I just sit here, my head's hurting, my eyes are hurting, I'm squinting at the screen. You know, so the perception that if I kind of tough, because the perception is that we have to tough it out. Like, I got to tough it out. I got to, I got to plow through all of this. You're not actually helping yourself by doing that. You make more mistakes that way when you are tired. And there is a study about this. And I can't remember the name of it right now. But I remember where it was something like people who kind of like work late and overwork, they are prone to make more like 60% of mistakes than people who, yeah, they're making mistakes, right? They make more mistakes by sitting there, toughing it out. So the guilt can be assuaged by actually, if I get up and walk away, I'm going to come back fresh, I'm going to come back with better, you know, better perception of what I'm looking at, I'm not going to make as many mistakes, I'm not going to have to redo the work later on, because that's what happens when you make mistakes, you have to end up Mm -hmm. that doubles up your work. So you're actually going to help cut through it, you'd be more productive, you're going to be happier as well, you're going to approach it. And I think having a buddy, is a really big part of this like community. So starting to create that community where you, like you said, like people around you actually get that, Hey, you want to go outside? I'm going to come with you. I'm going to take a walk with you. Right? Like that's going to be okay. And that it's part of like the culture of of the workplace where it's like all right well you know we're gonna go take our 15 minutes or it doesn't even have to be it could be like 10 minutes like i used to do this thing where i go to the bathroom and just like sit there and and do my breathing and do the things to kind of help me calm down so so you want to get the nervous system to calm itself but the great thing about nature though like there is nothing that resets the nervous system like nature there is a great ted talk um if I can remember the name of it, but who it was by, she the the uh the presenter, the the host, she was saying that um people who are who have experiences of awe, right? The ones who look at nature, natural scenes, who go outside, look at mountains, rivers, ocean, whatever, greenery, they their nervous systems and their brains are in a much better place. Their stress levels are far reduced to somebody who Ooh. is surrounded by glass, steel, artificial light those people they've got higher stress responses they tend to get sicker quicker so this the person who is worried about oh my god i'm gonna have more work if i take my 15 minutes like well if you get sick you're gonna have more work because then you're off, right? And then you're going to be more than toughing it out. So you want to like look after yourself, like looking after yourself is an investment. So that's the mindset shift that needs to happen, that this 15 minutes, it's not taking anything away from you. It's actually putting more back into your bank. If anything, you, you skipping your 15 minutes, your half an hour every day that you're supposed to have to go outside and take that walk, that's actually depleting your bank account. That's depleting what we call vital reserves. It's depleting yeah. your vitality. The 15 minutes that you take is actually going to fill you up and it's going to get your brain working better. It's going to get your cells working better. You're going to be more productive, more focused, more joyful, happier, all the, all the good huh? things. It's like check, 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 check. Why wouldn't you do it? So that's my Thank answer you. to that question. Leo, um-
0: so we do have another question. We do have another question on Telegram. Uh, Dr. Reis. Um, you cannot mute yourself
4: thank you thank you neo for the opportunity Uh, mrs guerrero thank you very much uh, for coming through i like the way you you're trying to find burnout with the psychological biochemical and environmental Mm -hmm. factors that can cause you stress disrupting Mm your 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 production of hormones and all that yeah that's that's really good i've got um mm, A few questions. I'll say one question, and one would be uh, just an advice from you. Okay, let me start with the question. Um, is there any relationship with the, between burnout and stress or anxiety, or are they people who are predisposed to develop? stress due to the way they've been brought up? Maybe due to their family habit and everything around their upbringing and and social life? Is there something or maybe would you say stress, I mean depression, anxiety are overlapping with, with burnout? What's what's your take on on that one? Um the second
0: one is Dr. Uh, like cool. maybe, maybe let's, let's get the, the answer to the first question, and then we can get to the next one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. No Thanks, problem. Neo, for that. Yeah. So, yes, um, the interplay of genetics um, and environment will definitely have an impact on how certain people perceive stress, right? But we also have a cultural e- element to it. So, so that's part of the environment. So um, so definitely how people perceive stress, anxiety, et cetera. Um, if anybody's interested, like you can actually get your genetics done to see if you've got genes for anxiety. Now, just because you do, um, does not mean that you necessarily have to, because this is what is so cool about the body, right? 95% of all chronic illnesses are actually lifestyle related, right? Lifestyle related. So that means, so everyone who thinks that, Oh, it's my genes. It's actually not, and in fact, I was corrected earlier this year. Um, I went to a conference. If you've heard of Bruce Lipton, he wrote the Biology of Belief. He was actually leading a conference here in San Diego, and I asked him about this. He said it's actually 99%. He was the guy who found, who discovered that research. He was working at Stanford University back in the day, um, and the CDC used that, the, the Center for Disease Control. They use that expression all the time. They said 95% of all illness is actually lifestyle related. 60% of all um, ER visits are lifestyle related so i don't know if you guys knew that as well um at at least here in america and in the uk in the uk it's probably about 70 percent um so now lifestyle means that there are things that we can do to to modify those things right that means we can change the way that we're doing things so depression is an interesting one because someone literally asked me about this yesterday they said well what's the how, how do you treat depression now what's really interesting about this is that what I have seen in like I've been a been a practicing hypnotherapist since 2008 Mm -hmm. right I've been practicing since then and what I have seen over and over with depression like yes there may be a predisposition based on factors going on in the environment that might be impacting that right but very often depression can be And it's it's not necessarily about your genes either, right? Just to be clear on that, it isn't always about your genes. But what I have seen is that women in particular, because I work with a lot of women, very often their depression is situational. It's an exogenous depression. They're either in a marriage or um they're having trouble with a, a relationship, a, a child, something that is and they have um, which I say I'm like that's actually a really natural response to a really crappy situation. Like if you weren't depressed about the fact that your husband doesn't listen to you is, you know, ignore or your boss isn't listening to you or ignore, then something would be wrong, right? Like you'd, you'd be delusional. So depression can be a response, it can be a natural response to an unnatural or a a, a not so great situation. And it's a clue that you might need to change your situation, right? Like that's like, well, if I'm having this crappy experience and it's making me feel crappy all the time, then maybe I need to change something about the experience, right? The other side of the coin is that, yes, you may have problems with now inflammation. An inflamed brain usually tends to be a depressed brain. So if your brain is inflamed because you're eating inflammatory foods, all right. And that can happen. I see it happen with people who have certain food sensitivities. They're depressed. And I actually a lot of my work is about helping women come off of their medication safely because we work on redressing the balance of what's going on with them internally. So one of my biggest success stories was like within three months, we got her to come off her antidepressant medication. And she had had a baby maybe about six months prior. So she was in that postpartum phase. Her husband had cheated on her while she was pregnant, terrible, it's a terrible story always, right? Husband had cheated on her while she was pregnant. She was on antidepressants after um, because of the, the, the postpartum depression. But within three months, we got her feeling joyful about life again because we worked on removing some of the foods that she was sensitive to, healing the gut. We healed the lining of her gut and replenished it with the good bacteria and all the things that she was deficient in, right? And then she was able to wean herself off under the supervision of her doctor as well. Just to be clear, I'm not doing this without medical supervision. We weaned her off. And, you know, six months later, I asked her to write a review for me. And she said, to this day, I'm still happy, still not feeling crappy. Um, I haven't needed to go back on my meds feeling pretty good about life and about my future. So getting people to one shift their mindset about certain things and then to work it. So we work on the mindset and then you have to work on that biochemical. Like what is going on? Like are there foods that are creating inflammation and making the brain inflamed and making the body inflamed? Cause that can be a big factor when it comes to, to depression. Um, so we have to, we have to figure out what that is. So the symptom is not the problem. It's usually the result of the problem. So the diagnosis, the diagnosis is just a sign like, okay, well, we have to dig deeper. Like what's, why is this happening? And my job is always to look into that. Like, why is someone depressed? Because the reasons for your depression and someone else's depression mm-hmm. might be two totally different things like one could be crappy husband or the other one could, or wife i don't know it could be both you know cuz wives could be bad too um you could have like a crappy husband crappy situation crappy relationship crappy job or you could have this situation where you've got you're eating foods that are not great for you. You've got some kind of even even parasites. I don't know if you've ever heard of, of T. Gondi. Mm-hmm. It's a parasite that's found in cats. It is responsible for for suicide for people mm-hmm. feeling so depressed that they're suicidal. Right. So T. Gondi is a parasite that's found in cats that is linked to suicidal ideation and depression. So parasites can create. They live within your gut. Unfortunately which kind of sucks, which is why I've always emphasized clean water, like make sure your water is like filtered and clean. Um, Parasites can actually lead to certain certain depression, anxiety, even things like cancer, MS, I see that a lot, Lyme disease, Bartonella, all of these things can be part of a profile of neurological dysfunction. So just to throw that out there, that the underlying drivers for some of these mental health conditions can actually have a, 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 there's actually like a physiological or environmental biochemical role going on.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's Um, mind-blowing. The
2: the, the, the mind-blowing thing with the parasites. The parasites are crazy.
0: It is. is. Doctor, is your first question answered?
4: Yes. Yes. Thank you so much.
0: Okay, we can get to the second one. Maybe I'll have the third one. <laughs> we don't have
2: time for the third one. Yeah.
4: <laughs> okay, um, let me cut it short. Hmm. Um, uh, Ms., Mrs. Guerrero, you, you mentioned that leadership have to understand workers uh, and, and try to, to give them break between uh, their, their, their working time and all that. But we are facing situations whereby if your employer doesn't want you anymore,
0: mm-hmm.
4: it's actually going to give you a lot semester. of work, yeah. knowing that you're going to go to pen mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. and you might by yourself leave your job, mm-hmm. or maybe declared, um yeah. having incapacity. Uh, some sort of things so that you can you can leave the working environment because they don't want you. That's that's one side. The other side, here comes um, healthcare workers, especially in South Africa. They will leave state hospitals after working for 24 hours and not even going home, rush to private hospitals for a 12 hours call, and thereafter going back to hospital because they are been scheduled for for another call so this is actually a self-inflicted i'll, I'll call it mm-hmm. uh, they, they they're doing it purposely but then the other one at work it's 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 beyond her control she just being a victim how do you deal with a client who come to you in various situations like like this because all gonna lead mm-hmm. to burnout uh, Okay, let me yeah. stop <laughs> Thank
2: you. No, that's a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous question. Um, you know, I remember my mom had cancer and toward the end of her life, we had 24 hour nurses. Now they were supposed to work in eight hour shifts. They didn't do that. Sometimes somebody would drop out and you'd have somebody working 36 hours, no joke, right? So I have tremendous respect for those people because that is a grueling, it's a hard, hard job. Um, mm-hmm. Now you said it's self-inflicted. How much of it really is? Now, I'm guessing people are doing this for the money, right? Like they're doing this because you're getting paid a certain amount. Um, now, my yeah, my response to this is going to be, money. it's, it's, for, the it's for the money because money. they're trying to make bank. My response to this is like, what are you going to do with that money if you're dead? Like as blunt as that, like, what are you going to do with it if you end up sick as well? And you like, yes, you think you're providing for your family. You think you're going to, you're, you're paying your rent or whatever. Um, maybe some things need to be addressed there, like where you're like, okay, well, my lifestyle is not conducive to, to, to health, right. My lifestyle is not conducive to me living to a a ripe old age because the people who aren't sleeping, Uh right. They're more likely to experience stroke. They're more likely to put on weight and, and suffer from metabolic syndrome and blood sugar issues. Um, so they're more likely to experience diabetes. So all, all the sort of like main major Western illnesses, like, um, uh, hypertension, diabetes, their uh, cancer they're more likely to experience those things if they aren't getting the right quality of rest and they're not if, and if they're like you said they're working 24 hours and then head into another shift like to I, me I look at that as like okay you've got to look at your life like how are you doing like how is this good for you in the long term? Cause they're thinking short-term that's, that's, and that's a mindset shift that needs to happen right there. They're thinking, okay, if I work like this, I'm going to make money. But like, if you're going to end up spending all of your money recovering, like your health, because that's, what's going to end up happening. Like, it's just inevitable. Um, inevitably you're going to be, I think Zig Ziglar says the man who makes a million dollars, but loses his health is not actually a success. So if you, If you work yourself literally to death just to make a buck, then you're not successful. So that's a mindset shift that has to happen. And that's something that, you know, And luckily I have to say, like, I I've been very lucky. I haven't met anybody like that who's come to me. Um, But I hope if anyone is listening, who is living that way, who is trying to work to to pay rent to whatever find something else. Like if that is not working, if, if you have to work like that in order to be able to afford your life, start looking into something else, invest in, tra- I, you know, when, when I first came to America, everybody I met was working three jobs, like the Uber driver, He's like, he's studying nursing. He's working as an Uber driver. He's teaching, I don't know, Taekwondo or something. And I'm thinking like, when do you see your kids? When do you relax? When, when do, when do you have downtime? Right. So that's something that I remember thinking. And the thing about some of these things is like, well, you know, you're going to go do a degree and the degree is going to make you come out Mm -hmm. in more debt than ever. Right do something that helps you uh-huh. like and T- Tressa she knows like the, the the student debt issue is like a huge huge issue for all these people going into university and are coming out yep. with tons of debt and then they're trying to work to pay it off maybe university isn't the thing that you have to do and you know my husband and I we chatted with this this Filipino driver where he said oh he's studying to be a nurse mm-hmm. and he spent like 150,000 dollars already and we're like You could study functional medicine, spend 10 grand, and then you'd have a profession that actually generates money for you as soon as you come out of it, because you've got people that you can help immediately. And Mm -hmm. it's one year of your life as opposed to like four, right? So find something else, like that's a clue, like maybe I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing if I'm living myself into exhaustion and an early grave. So you know, these things literally are life or death, they might not seem that way straight away. But that's eventually where it's headed. And I hate that I'm so blunt about it. But I hope it hits home to anyone who's listening because I have seen people in my family, my dad Uh had a stroke when he was 50. He had two strokes when he was 50. My grandfather died by the time he was he was no—I don't even think. Granted, Ben died when I—I I was. I had just turned 28 so Mm -hmm. he was about 40 yeah he wasn't even 70 years old and he'd had multiple strokes Bell's palsy you know ended up dying he had just come out of the hospital and he died at home they basically sent him home to die so people who worked, and they're people who worked themselves to death they that was my family like everybody worked and worked and worked and worked and worked until they 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 literally Uh burnt out
3: so this was a good conversation we got (laughs) music we we
1: have a tons of questions (laughs) i think we need to have a part two of the show because we've got a number of questions following up on what has raised as well but um it is time for us to go um any closing remarks (sighs)
2: Um, from my perspective, like, I would love people to download that. You remember I was saying that alignment thing. It actually comes with an MP3 to help you teach it how to breathe, teach it how to start. To, that helps your nervous system get back into balance. So that's one easy, simple, free, very free way for you to start looking after yourself to reduce stress. i definitely need anxiety. that one, Thank
4: you. Thank you so much.
2: You, yeah, I have popped it in the chat here. So can you guys it, circulate that?
0: I yeah. yeah, I have it on the Telegram chat as well. Um, you can get it there.
4: Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Yes. Sorry, really.
2: Well, th- th- were... that's it for me. Download the, download the MP3, download the alignment, the workbook. It's like a little workbook with the alignment exercise. Um, they're all in the same email. So they'll, once you hit the download button, it will come to you. And if you want to stay in touch, um, please feel free. I have a free Facebook group people can join that. You can, uh, I do live Q and A's pretty much every week. That's so nice. you get to do this with me regularly if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. You'd get to do this with me regularly. And I, I do tend to bring in an expert as well. Very, uh, very often they come in for about 15 minutes to have a chat about, you know, hormones or gut health or mental health. We, we kind of, we talk about that pretty often just from different perspectives each time. So if anyone's interested in the Facebook group, um, Neo, you can probably share that with them too. Cause it's free. And I'll they definitely can,
0: join. Do can you type on your, on your chat box there and then I'll share sure. with them. Sure. Yeah. Let me
2: put it in there now. And uh, you know, perfect. it's been such a pleasure, like really a pleasure chatting with it you. <laughs> no, just I just, I really appreciate,
3: room. uh, Roland for being here. Um, it, it's been great learning about, uh, burnout and the things that we can do, especially as women with our hormone imbalance and, and knowing, um, just trying to get better nutrition. Uh, one question before we go, I know we're a little bit over, um, how, if anybody want to find out if they're uh, have a food intolerance or eating food that causes inflammation. How would we know that, especially as women, because
2: our everything affects our hormones. Such a good question. So the labs that I run, um, they can be sent to pretty much anywhere in the world. Um, so everything that I do is virtual. So I will send. So you, you talk to me online Mm -hmm. and then we send you the kits to your location, wherever that is. You can test, you can collect your samples. Your saliva is what we use for the the stress and the sex hormones. So you spit into a test tube four times a day. So we find out what's going on with you. Um, And then there's the food sensitivity test. That's a finger stick blood test. Um, If you are all over the world, if you're in the U S we can get a blood draw done, uh, done for that. Um, There's, I have like a a link to my website for that too, if you want to know more about it. Uh Would that help you, Tressa? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me, let me pop that. And I'll give that to you Uh you so that we can share that in the telegram
0: chat. Thank you so much. Uh, You know,
1: um, it was an eye opening having our guest uh, speaker today. I mean, there's a lot that is going on in my head right now. I need to... Sit down and process it. She was very blunt to say, hey, "Hey, how are you gonna enjoy your menu when you work? You work so hard. How are you gonna enjoy it when you did?" And that hits home. So, thank you very much, Miss Guerrero, for having you on our show today. I won't say much.
0: Uh, <laughs> thank you so Thanks. much. I, I really also learned a lot from from this discussion. Unfortunately. You know, when you, you say it's an mm-hmm. hour's time, uh, you think you have a lot of time. It flies by so quickly. So hopefully we can have you back, uh, Reilly. Um, yeah, I show. would
2: love that. Love that. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Awesome. And thanks to those also that um, join us on Telegram. We really appreciate your your support in this. And uh, otherwise, we, all, we will also stream into YouTube. Those that are connected on YouTube, Thank you for, for connecting, um, TikTok, everywhere else. So this recording will be made available to you on YouTube later on from tomorrow. And we'll also be on every podcast platform that, uh, that you use. So we'll share the link afterwards. And this is Neomarapidi, uh, the host of NMP Talk Show with my co-hosts, Figi Lengosi and Tresa Fields, and we're signing out you likes
4: to be